Good morning, happy Tuesday, and welcome to The Daily Oz. I am Zara Seidler, joined by co-founder of The Daily Oz, Sam Plazowski. Talk to me about our Tuesday news rundown, Sam. Zara, it is freezing cold, but I've got one coffee in me, and I'm ready to bring you the news. We're going to take you through the COVID updates because we thought we'd try something different today. Then we're going to chat to you about New South Wales corruption, some easing of restrictions in the UK, and then we're going to go a little bit deeper into this TikTok dude who's been leaking New South Wales COVID numbers, but actually explore it from a media perspective. Yesterday, New South Wales recorded 98 locally acquired cases of COVID. Tragically, there was also a death recorded later in the day of the mother of the two removalists who tested positive We know that the woman had COVID, but the actual cause of death has not yet been confirmed. Over in Victoria, here's what Dan Andrews had to say about the lockdown ending tonight. We will not be ready to lift this lockdown at midnight tomorrow night. We're not in that position this morning, and that's why I'm acknowledging that it is frustrating. South Australia also recorded two locally acquired cases yesterday, and there were new restrictions announced. If you want to get across what stage four restrictions look like in South Australia, head to the government's website, and they've got a full list there ready to go. Former New South Wales government ministers Eddie Obeid and Ian McDonald, as well as Obeid's son Moses, were found guilty yesterday of conspiracy to willfully commit misconduct in public office over the allocation of coal licences in the Upper Hunter back in 2008. Now, this is a long-running saga in New South Wales politics that is all about corruption in the Labor Party about 15 years ago now. The Obeds were accused of conspiring with McDonald, who was then the Minister for Primary Industries and Minister for Mineral Resources, to grant a coal exploration licence over the Obeds family farm. If this story is something that interests you, Kate McClymont from the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age has been very much the leading force into this investigation in terms of media coverage. So check out some of her work. She's been following it for years and was the first person to uncover this story. Over in the UK, COVID life could not look more different with Freedom Day occurring yesterday. If you are unfamiliar with the term of Freedom Day, it was the day that British Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced that all social distancing restrictions would be lifted. So that means that face masks are no longer required to be worn. There's no limits on how many people can meet or attend events. Nightclubs can reopen and the one metre plus guidance was removed. This all happened on the day where there was more than 48,000 new cases of COVID-19 in the UK and Boris Johnson actually went into self-isolation after coming into contact with a positive case that is the current health minister. And today's good news. A woman has completed the 37-week training course to become a US Naval Special Warfare combatant craft crewman for the first time. Her commander said becoming the first female to graduate from a naval special warfare training pipeline is an extraordinary accomplishment and we are incredibly proud of our teammate. The last couple of nights, Sam and I have had the very strange experience of not finding out the COVID numbers from Premier Gladys Berejiklian or from her government, but instead finding them out from a random TikTok comedian. And there was lots of conjecture as to what was happening over those four nights when there was a TikTok account releasing the correct and accurate numbers well in advance of the Premier announcing them. Of course, there were lots of ideas about how he was getting numbers, the most prominent of which was that the federal COVID app was somehow releasing the numbers ahead of time. That was debunked. It was not the case, even though lots of people believed it to be the case. 
So what we believe now is that the TikToker was actually getting the numbers leaked to him by someone in the Department of Health. And a couple of weeks ago, we spoke to you about what briefing out is, which is the idea that the government briefs out stories and ideas and policies ahead of time. And we explored all those concepts and how it might land. This is an entirely different kettle of fish because according to Gladys Berejiklian and her cabinet, this was not an intentional leak. And it's kind of unlike anything we've really seen in Australian political journalism. For those who don't sink hours and hours and hours into TikTok, I admire you, but you might not have heard what these TikToks sound like. So here's a bit of a snippet. I know how many cases there's going to be tomorrow. No need for an update, Gladys. Given that there's 30 infectious cases in the community, plus how contagious the Delta strain is, you also have to factor in the circumference of southwest Sydney, plus the amount of households in Fairfield with 11 children. I can conclude there'll be 97 cases tomorrow. Stitch this when I'm right. To 8pm last night, New South Wales recorded 97 cases of community transmission. And the dream run of correct predictions came to an end yesterday. It was actually a topic of conversation at the press conference. Here's what New South Wales Health Minister Brad Hazard had to say when asked about the TikToker in question. TikTok man, TikTok man picked the numbers five days straight, hasn't picked the numbers today. Have you found the obvious leak within government? Well, can I just say it was a disappointment that uh, on something as serious as our, as our messaging to the community in a one in 100 year pandemic, that clearly someone somewhere in the system was feeling the need to disclose those figures to somebody who was uh, uh, not an appropriate person to be making commentary about it. I'm coming to you, Liz, just wait. Um, and so health looked at the issues around that. Um, I saw someone saying in the social media there was a sting. No, there wasn't. It was just looking at what the issues were and making sure that the system was such that that information could be kept to the appropriate time where the, where the messaging to the community... So let's zoom out a little bit. I think it's a great opportunity to talk about leaks in the same way as Zara said that we talked about briefing out a couple of weeks ago. So according to a paper called The Ethics of Leaks from the McCoola Center for Applied Ethics at Santa Clara University in the US, there's two main different types of leaks, a good leak and a bad leak. A good leak is one where the disclosure of information that expands our public understanding is an issue of public interest. And it's one where we wouldn't have known about a misbehaving public official or another matter that as voters we need to know about, if not for the leak of information. A bad leak, on the other hand, is one that might harm the public trust in an institution and doesn't aid public understanding of the important public issue. So something that a lot of journalists think about in terms of leaks is whether the leak really adds to the public discourse here. And what I found really interesting about this particular example with Mr. TikTok is that this was never information that we were never going to find out, right? It just came to us eight or nine hours earlier than we knew we were going to be told it on the television. But that said, it also is not anything new. The government has been briefing out the numbers to a specific journalist at Channel 9 for the entirety of this outbreak. Every morning, I know the numbers a couple of hours ahead of the press conference because there is a certain journalist who tweets every morning that he understands the numbers to be XYZ and in the vicinity of XYZ. He's never provided the specific number like we saw happen in Victoria. But it's certainly the case that the government has been speaking to certain journalists 
as we alluded to in the briefing out episode, this whole COVID pandemic. So why does this feel so different, Sam? Why do you think that there was this mass outrage around a TikToker announcing numbers a couple of hours ahead of time? So I think there's a few different aspects to it. One is that the information was presented in a comical way and it was presented as satire. Mm -hmm. Even two days ago, it was presented with a sponsored product in the frame. Mm. So this took a little bit of the shine off the information that an esteemed journalist, say, writing for a public broadcaster might have when bringing you information that they have been leaked On the other hand, another key factor is the fact that many traditional journalists and traditional media weren't used to the fact that TikTok was being used to disseminate news information. And I mean, the numbers were remarkable. There were videos of this guy getting over a million views in one night and people were very clearly hungry for the information and he was getting a huge public response, one that, you know, journalists on Twitter who exist in a bubble of sorts might not have ever gotten. But do you think it helped us at all to know the numbers eight or nine hours ahead? I think at another time it might have been useful, but In this current outbreak, the Premier has very clearly identified that the number that she cares about most is the number of infectious people in the community, that we need to see that number drop for us to get out of lockdown. And that number was never included in these TikToks. So there was this widespread fear, I felt. I mean, even talking to friends that, you know, we were seeing these 110, 109, 108, whatever numbers, and yet that vital piece of information that has been clearly characterized by the Premier as the most important number was never included. So we weren't getting the full picture. And I do think that that does a disservice to proper dissemination of information. I think another really interesting aspect that I picked up across social media on the weekend was a sense of, was it perhaps harmed our confidence in New South Wales health to organise mm. themselves and the thought that there is really sensitive health data and private information that somehow escaping the normal protocols did make us feel a little bit more fragile in our public health system? So if you didn't hear about what happened yesterday, yesterday a whole lot of political journalists in the morning tweeted that the government had provided the incorrect number to the TikToker and that the number that was going to be reflected in the 11 a.m. press conference was going to be different. So this was just paradoxical in and of itself because here were political journalists who had obviously gotten the lead ahead of time reporting on another leaking situation. So it's just this like meta-narrative. A leak on a leak. And there seemed to be a community sentiment around the fact that there was seemingly quite a coordinated mission to A, provide the wrong numbers to said TikToker, but B, then provide that information to a handful of political journalists for them to report ahead of time. So quite a few people in my orbit, at least, were saying, well, shouldn't we be focusing these resources on actually dealing with the situation at hand, which is this outbreak that isn't going away? What's clear across this entire conversation is that media is changing and a platform like TikTok can quickly become a key source of news. We are really proud to be on the forefront of all of those changes and bringing you news on Instagram, email and podcast in what we think is a pretty unique way. If you want to get around us, you can follow us on Instagram at The Daily Oz. It's where over 140,000 Australians get their news throughout the day. We are there right after every press conference, and we can't wait to see you there.